Greetings, and welcome to the Cerebral Women Art Talks podcast. I'm Phyllis Hollis, your host. As an extension of my Instagram page, Cerebral Women, this podcast offers insights into the visual art world. I interview artists, mainly artists of color and female artists, who will freely articulate what inspires their creativity. In addition, you'll hear interesting perspectives from dedicated art professionals who work with artists and the art institutions that feature them. I'm confident that collectively, these individuals will indeed stimulate your mind as they do our eyes. Please know these interviews are conducted in my Manhattan apartment, so please forgive the background sounds of city life. Welcome to the Cerebral Women Art Talks podcast. In this episode, I feature New York City-based artist Al Terrance Gumby. His artistic practice includes painting, ceramics, installation, and performance. His work has been exhibited at several galleries that include Hauser & Wirth, Gladstone Gallery, and Camden Arts Center. His work will be shown in an upcoming solo exhibition with Nicola Vassal Gallery titled The Color of Everything in September of 2022. In his recent exhibition, Cross Colors at Bode Projects in Berlin, The Power of Complementary Colors is presented in works that reference color exercises in Joseph Albert's Interaction of Color. Through Alterance's fluorescent and chromatic spectrum of iridescent color, the artist engages the viewer and expands the notions through which we perceive form and color, the subjectivity of identity, and the materiality of earth and cosmic space. Alterance graduated from the Yale School of Art with an MFA in painting and printmaking in 2016. He has won notable awards and has participated in numerous international artist residencies. His work has been included in publications that include Artnet, Art News, Artsy, The Brooklyn Rail, Cultured, Surface, to name a few. Alterance has also curated exhibitions and published his first monograph, Color is a Beautiful Thing, with Charles Moffat and False Flag in 2021, outlining six years of his painting practice from 2014 to 2020. Please visit CerebralWomen.com for his expanded bio and enjoy this episode featuring Al Terrance Gumby. Al Terrance, thank you very much for joining me on my podcast today. I appreciate your time. No problem. Thank you for having me, Phyllis. So when did you discover your artistic passion? I guess it was something that, or, or a being that I evolved into. I First time, I guess, I had my artistic enlightening, as I like to call it, is when I was 19 and I was doing a study abroad in Spain. I was studying architecture at the time at Harrisburg Area Community College, which is where I'm from, Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. And I had, you know, never taken an art course in high school, but I found myself, uh, I was really into architecture and actually uh, did a drafting and design course when I was in high school. And I found myself at 19, first time outside of the country, uh, in a foreign land, in Spain. And uh, we did a walking tour, a Gaudi walking tour, the first day we were there in Barcelona. And after the tour, the guy pretty much asked us if we wanted to, we could go to the Picasso Museum. And, you know, none of us were really into siestas or anything like that. So we 
uh, of course, went. And it was actually the first time I heard of Picasso. Uh, first time I stepped foot into an art museum. And I was really just taken by the work, the story, the, the life of, of Picasso. And uh, came back to the United States, you know, changed and really like that kind that that seed was planted inside me that when I came back I to the States, you know, I was telling all my friends, I was like, hey, you heard of this guy Picasso? And you know, they were all like, sure, you know, we we heard of him. And I was like, oh, he was like new to me. And I kind of transitioned from being an architect to pursuing a music career. Uh, which was the closest thing to a creative, more a more creative uh, process that I had. And I actually moved to New York to pursue this music career in 2006. And then uh, ended up working in a nightclub for about three years, but was forever, you know, thinking about Picasso and Gaudi and Barcelona and eventually went back to school to start taking drawing classes at the Art Students League on 57th Street in New York City. And that's kind of where things really, you know, kicked off for me. Saw a exhibition at the museum, uh, at, at the MoMA of Abstract Expressionism, Reinvented, curated by Katie Siegel. I believe that was in 08, 09. And really fell in love with Abstract Expressionism, with abstract painting and it was coincidental katie actually became one of my art history professors when i started studying at hunter college so i feel like there were these moments in my life where you know i was introduced to art started thinking that in some way shape or form i could become an artist i had no art background so i leaned into music because that's what i was doing with my friends and in, in high school and that got me to new york and then new york really kind of exposed me to, you know, the grandiose uh, history and scope of, of fine art by uh, going to the, to the MoMA. Um, and then, you know, eventually I, I went back to school, you know, not traditional student. I believe I was 24 at the time when I went back to school to uh, study art in college again. And pretty much just became like a straight A student because I had found my passion. And unbeknownst to me, I had found my passion and and purpose and intention in life. And it's kind of led me to where I am now. So I'm curious, as a musician, did you play an instrument? Were you vocals? You know, when I was in grade school, I played the drums. Uh, you know, I was learning to play the drums. And then... At some point, I think I, I, my mom talked to them and they changed me to the trumpet. And so I played the trumpet for like one year in middle school marching band. And then when I graduated from high school, I started self-teaching myself to play the guitar because I figured, you know, I was, in high school I was rapping. And, you know, I had just worked with friends who were making beats. But then when I got to... When I graduated, all my friends went away. They went into the armed services or they went off to college. And I was still at home doing community college. So I had to figure out another way to like, you know, almost like make music. So I was really into um, Bob Marley and I was, you know, a huge fan of Wyclef. And uh, so I figured I'd try to be like a, like a Wyclef, you know. So 
I would, uh, you know, I, I couldn't really sing. And I, you know, I didn't think Wyclef could really sing either, but I felt like he could hold a decent melody and uh, the lyrics were very poetic and I enjoyed writing lyrics and, and poems. So I was just figure I'd turn those, you know, into like these singer songwriter type of rapper type, you know, uh, artists. And that's what I, that's what I moved to New York with. How would you define your practice? I would define my practice as, um, you know, definitely as a, as an abstract painter. I am very much interested in the history of abstraction. I, I feel like I'm, I'm always trying to challenge and develop new ways of, of speaking through this art form, through this language, through this lexicon that I've been developing over the years. You know, I, I, I pull from a lot of, I definitely am a huge researcher within art history. You know, I, I really like dive in. I like going to visit museums often, you know, every time I'm in a different city, different country, you know, the first thing I'll do to kind of get me to start discovering the city is I'll go find the closest, you know, art museum. And that, and, you know, and I, I pretty much just go on a museum tour you know, uh, or, or gallery tour, you know, I, I want to see the culture, I want to see the art. And that's something I continue to do to this day. And I feel like that influences my work. But I also like going to the movies. Um, I, I'm really interested in, in, you know, science, and space and astrophysics, and things like this. So, and of course, music. So, you know, I feel like all of these things are kind of just influencing my work. But I feel like I I'm someone who just expresses himself through painting. And uh, so, you know, for me in my studio or for my practice, it's, it's, you know, painting with a capital P for sure. And what overcomes you when you start to paint? What overcomes me? I guess, you know, I really like to get lost in the process. I feel like for me, painting is definitely to some degree problem solving. I try to find solutions or, or, I try to resolve certain, you know, uh, issues within my day-to-day life, you know, emotional or just, you know, certain circumstances, or even, you know, with putting two foreign mediums together. I'm, I'm really just using painting as, as a thinking process, as a place to, you know, contemplate ideas and to find some sort of resolution within the finished object. Do you listen to music while you're working? Oftentimes, yes. I really enjoy my, you know, uh, I have my algorithm pretty down now. So my Discover Weekly is always usually, you know, giving me a little bit of uh, something that I do know and then something, some artists or genres of music that may be adjacent to what I've already listened to. And so I really enjoy, you know, I think Mondays definitely I'll, I'll start off with, you know, playing music. And, and that's usually when my assistants are here. But when I'm, you know, sometimes working by myself late at night, I also really enjoy the silence when I'm working. So I kind of have this duality of when I like to, you know, keep the energy high in the studio and keep everyone motivated, everyone moving. And then there's times where I really just am alone in my studio and it's just me and my cat. And, you know, we're just at peace and kind of, you know, thinking about making art as a place of 
tranquility and serenity. What materials do you use in your work? I use uh, acrylic paint, glass, and gemstones in my work currently. And, you know, they all serve a different purpose. They all have their own sense of intentionality behind while I, while I use those. And I would also say imagination. I think imagination is maybe that non-physical medium that every artist or creative person, definitely every being has with them. But I feel like as an artist, you have to maybe come with, it's more imagination to the painting, to the work, to the idea, to the process than anything. Because, um, you know, I, I try to imagine a painting before I make it. But it never turns out the way I imagine it, you know? Like, I try to have some sense of foresight into how the painting is going to look or even, like, the mode or energy or uh, essence of the painting before I go into starting to create it. And so I already have this sense of intentionality behind it. But then I'm always doing something to the painting or I'm adding something to the process that kind of puts me off balance a little bit so that I am always engaged and interested in what's happening with the painting. And I'm also discovering something new about myself in the process at the same time. So, you know, over it, and that's just, it's just a way of like keeping things going and keeping things fresh for me within my practice. And, you know, I think having a very strong imagination, a very open mind, a very active way of thinking with these materials keeps me going. And when do the titles of your work enter the creative process? I like to read a lot. I like to also, you know, listen to podcasts. And um, sometimes I'll hear things that people say or something in a song and I'll write it down. And um, I'm usually... I'll, I'll hear like this word or phrase and I'll immediately maybe start conjuring what that phrase would look like as a painting. And sometimes I'm making a painting and I'll hear something and I'll start thinking, you know, I'll start associating that phrase with the painting I'm working on. Oftentimes the paintings are made and I sit there and I'm looking at them and I will go through my list of phrases that I've been collecting over the weeks or months, years. And I will, you know, kind of, you know, I'll name the title of that because it's given me that vibe in a sense. And when you're working while you're creating, do you think about who your audience is and what they might be thinking as they view your work? No, I don't, I don't think about my audience at all, actually. I think about myself first. I think about what interests me. I think if I, and I've, I've looked at a lot of paintings, I've made a, a, quite a bit of paintings. I have this notion of what I've seen before and what I like my work to be and feel like. So I feel like I'm always trying to one-up myself when I'm making a painting. So I feel like I am probably my, my only competitor when it comes to making paintings. So I'm always thinking about how am I pushing my practice forward? How am I one-upping myself? How am I creating something new that when I'm done with it, 
I'm exciting myself, not only in the finished product, but through the process of making it. And so throughout the process of making a painting, I'm really trying to entertain myself when I'm making the painting and trying to surprise myself. And I think at the end, the results of that would be that my audience will also be shocked or intrigued by what I've created. And because, you know, I, I think I'm, I'm really just, you know, trying to keep myself entertained. <laughs> really, it's like, you know, I'm trying to make sure that I, I have a, a, I'm excited about going into the studio every day and making work. And I think oftentimes when you're doing, when you, when you are an artist or you, you are a musician or any, you know, any type of artistry, it's, it's easy once you get to a certain level, you've been doing it for a couple of years that you start to get bored with it. So, uh, you know, I think the trick to a longevity as a creative is you have to keep adding things to it to keep yourself engaged. I think that's just uh, a rippling effect that the audience also feels when the artist is excited about the work, then inherently your audience will also be excited about it. What are you excited about now? I'm really excited about the work uh, that I'm making for my upcoming solo exhibition with Nicola Vassell Gallery this September. And I'm at the point now in the creative process for the exhibition where I'm taking a lot more risk. You know, we're, we're over the hump in terms of amount of work or volume that needs to be made for the show to fill the room. And I'm, I'm really confident about that body or, or the work that's already made. So now I'm at the creative process where I'm just seeing what else I can do within the space, within my, within my practice to kind of so surprise myself, but then also surprise the, the audience. So I'm, I'm taking a lot of risk at the moment. I think they're good risks. They're calculated, somewhat calculated risks are happening right now. But at the same time, I'll, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll turn the lights out and I'll come back and I'll be like, you know, I'm, I'm like saying a prayer as I'm walking out the building. And so, you know, but, but it's fun. You know, I, I think as when we were kids, we would take more risk, you know, because we didn't necessarily know what the outcome was going to be. You know, we, we would jump off high, you know, objects and things like that. And, you know. Uh, we would run really fast, you know, we would, you know, do things that we now as an adult, we probably wouldn't do because we're thinking like, I might sprain my ankle or, you know, like I might get hit by a car or something, you know, like think about your health insurance, you're thinking about your, your mortality, you know, things that, you know, the, the aches and pains, the, the things, like, things like that. But I feel like in my studio, in my practice, this is a safe space where I can take infinite on a really on. I'm, maybe it's more uncalculated risk just to see what happens because what's what's the worst that's going to happen is that you know uh something doesn't work out you know the, the mediums don't stick or the ideas don't congeal together the way i want them to but you know it's th that's not the end all be all you know i can always make an edit i can always make a shift i can always move things around to make the equation fit you know um i i can tweak the numbers in terms of making the calculation resolve itself. So I, I think I'm at that space now within the production of the show where, you know, I'm, I'm, move, I'm 
doing some tweaks. I'm moving a lot of things around. Um, and I'm, I'm scaling certain ideas up. And within that, the, the possibilities become more grander. And I'm really excited about that right now. It's great. I look forward to seeing your work in September. I've enjoyed this conversation. And this is our last question. What do you feel is the purpose of art and what is your role? Part of the purpose of art from an artist's standpoint is to discover oneself and to evolve through the process of making. I think that from the time I've been an artist or started pursuing an artist's lifestyle, I've really gotten to know myself more intimately inside and out. And I've also got to see myself evolve as a human being, as an individual through my art career. And I'm really happy with the person that I've become. I'm really happy with the choices that I've made. And if you would have asked me, you know, when I was in high school or, you know, that I'd be a working artist living in New York City as a painter, you know, I, I'd probably tell you to go fuck yourself. It's like, who, <laughs> like, what, 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 how, when, what did I get there to, you know, be that individual? But, you know, I think that's the magic of, you know, uh, pursuing this type of career or, or at least, you know, finding your passion is that you never know where it's going to take you. You never know who you're going to become. You never know the people you're going to meet, the, the places you'll go the things you'll see, you know, the, the experiences you'll have, it's, it's, it's really exciting. And it's kind of given me the confidence to venture off and to do other things. And, you know, I, I think these are only things I would have, you know, experienced through, through making art and experiencing art. And I think the intention for art for someone who's maybe a viewer is to experience art and to have your perception of the world shifted in some degree. And I think we all need that occasionally. Some people need that every day, which is where I think you end up becoming a maker of art and because that's just the way you chose to experience the world or interacting with the world. But um, yeah, I think the purpose and intention of art is to open up our, our eyes, our mind's eyes, open us up spiritually, open up certain experiences, you know, physically to, to really change our perspectives and the way we see and experience the world around us. I like that answer. Thank you so much for your time. This has been a great conversation. I appreciate it. Thank you for having me. Thank you for listening to Cerebral Women Art Talks podcast. For additional content, please visit CerebralWomen.com and be sure to follow Cerebral Women on Instagram.